I want to win again for sure, but like my next goal is, is Bathurst. Now that uh, emphasis on that raises and I need to try and get that done. When I first took over the team at the end of 2012, beginning of 2013, uh, weren't especially rosy, but we managed to win a, a race with Chaz Mostert that year in, in July and I thought, gee, this caper's bloody easy. Hey, I'm David Reynolds from Penrite Racing and this is Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Craig Ravel and Tony Whitlock. This week, we listen to a man who is an influence across most of the motorsport world. Keys Wheel has built a remarkable business supplying radiators to almost every type of top-level motor racing, no matter where it is. We're fortunate to speak with Keys last year, and after the break, we'll hear his story. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to um, take the win off him. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptor family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Will Brown, co-driver of the Penrite Racing number 99 car for Anton Di Pasquale. Welcome to Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars. Got a special treat this week because uh, I'm with Keys Wheel, a man I've known since the late 90s who has, um, well, he's been a bit busy because he's uh, a bit of an empire, but um, he's becoming a dominant force in the cooling business. That's engine cooling, oil and water. Welcome, Keys. Um, It's fantastic to visit your PWR establishment in Ormu. It, um, it's quite extraordinary the way in which you keep on developing things. Yeah, thanks, Tony. Um, yeah, no, things have, things have developed pretty, pretty well for us. And, uh, yeah, we uh, just trying to think the day we built this building. It was probably about 2006, thereabouts, uh, 2005, 2006, what have you. And uh, right in the middle of the... GFC, and so we had our struggle um, getting a, a building built at the, at the right price and, and paying the bank at the, at the right intervals. So, um, yeah, it, uh, it was certainly a struggle in those days, but now it's turned the corner a bit. The, um, I guess the whole story, I'm, you know, I'm not quite sure if you want to go through that, but you know, the, uh, the success of PWR comes in a, in a, in a, a few different directions, but um, yeah, I, um, because of the GFC and what was happening here in Australia, I, um, I was offered a um, introduction to uh, Jack Roush um, in NASCAR in, in the States by a colleague that um, a lot of people know from Australia, and um, he's probably not talked much about now because he's gone on to bigger and better things for a guy by the name of Lee Diffie. Yep. Lee, I've uh, known Lee um, like since probably the mid to late 80s uh, when he was very young and doing some commentary in um, motocross and what have you. So anyway, um, so Lee was um, in, the, in the States and um, he said he'd get me this um, introduction to Jack Rouse in, uh, that was in 2008, so we, um, we went across there and um, with not too much and um, I came, walked into the room with Jack Rouse and eight of his senior guys and some of them were crew chiefs and 
and some were um, uh, their uh, perching guys, uh, etc., and Jack himself. So, you know, that was uh, an interesting start of things, and um, you know, we uh, obviously there's always a bit of banter uh, when you go anywhere when you're new and you're on the, on the other side of the world. And um, but I remember that meeting like it was yesterday, and uh, because it was a significant part of uh, what we're doing. So, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, <clears throat> I think particularly um, a few things that were said at that meeting. Um, we, we had one of their person guys, a uh, badger me for a price and what have you. And, and I came out with this saying, which, which probably a lot of people wouldn't think about. And, and I don't know why I said it at the time. But anyway, I just said, well, will be more expensive than your current supplier. And I said, oh, I might have been, once, once I said that, I thought, shit, I might have been ushered to the door fairly quickly. Anyway, Jack, being a, a fairly small structured man, he stood up and put his hand across, and I think, I think he was gonna shake my hand and say, nice to meet you, but off you go. But he said, well, that's the best thing I've heard all day. And he said, we want you to be our partner. and. Uh, we, um, we've grown that and then within a couple of years we, um, we not so much own, but we were supplying 50% you know, of the NASCAR business and what have you and now, now obviously we, we have 100% of the NASCAR business and that, that's the three categories of NASCAR and um, so that was one of the turning points I guess and uh, like we only had 30 five staff on in 2008-2009 and, um, and then I guess the other turning point was uh, in um, 2009 a year after that Matthew uh, Bryce and my senior engineer and myself were, we went to Cologne in Germany to a motorsport show there and uh, we a little 3 by 3 metre booth which we've all seen and been and hope someone stays to chat to you. Anyway, this uh, guy by the name of Pat Simmons stopped by and he was the uh, technical director of Renault F1 as it was back in 2009. He said, could you guys manufacture a F1 radiator? And I looked at him and I looked at Matt and Matt being a younger engineer and plenty of go and Matt saying, yeah, of course we could do that. Mind you, we hadn't seen a drawing at that stage, and um, I was oh, sort of cringing a bit. And Matt said, "No, no, we can do this. We can do this. It's going to be easy." And um, anyway, uh, long story short, um, Pat um, came back the next day with a drawing, and we looked at it and I said, "Shit, that's that's pretty bad. <laughs> that's that, that's going to take a bit of doing." So anyway, I said to him, "I said, look, I'll tell you what we'll do. I said we'll have a go." And um, I'm not going to promise you anything, but we'll have a go. And he said, well, he said, I'll tell you what I do. And he said, I'll um, give you 100 points because a lot of people tell me they can do stuff. I'll never see them or the radiator again. I said, no, no, you, you will see us. You will either see us or see the radiator. Anyway, so um, six weeks later, magically, uh, a pretty reasonable radiator uh, was made by mainly Matt and myself working here till late every night and um, so we shot him a radiator and 
I'm very, very impressed. And within within a couple of weeks, we had Red Bull call us and said, oh, I believe you're making these fantastic radiators for F1. And, and I just laughed at this guy and I said to him, I said, oh, mate, I said, I think you've got some misinformation now. I said, we've only ever made one. And, um, and I think it's reasonable, but, but not, probably can do a lot of improvement. He said, oh, well, we, uh, we've just, um, after quite a few phone calls, because I kept on saying, no, we, we can't do this. We only had 35 people and making up all the excuses why we can't do it. And anyway, he um, kept bringing back and he said, look, we've uh, signed this new kid and we think he's going to be the bomb. And, um, and, and of course, a, a lot of people know me from motorsport and we've all seen these uh, parents say how good their kids are. And, and I just laughed. I said, I said, mate, I've been motorsport for a long time. I've heard that before. Anyway, he, um, he said, no, he, uh, he's pretty good. I said, well, what's his name? He said, oh, Sebastian Vettel. And I said, okay. I said, well, I haven't heard him really, but, I, you know, I, I believe you. Anyway, long story short, we ended up doing a deal in 2000, late 2009 to supply them in 2010, uh, which was a push uh, for sure. And um, as history tells you, that you know, they won championship with Vettel in 10, 11, 12 and 13, four years in a row. And even to this day, I keep telling them it was our coolers and they, they say it was their driver. So, um, yeah. but there's always a bit of banter with us. But, you know, significant things happened and uh, we've done a, a very good agreement with Red Bull and um, they are still our number one customer and uh, have a great um, working relationship and um, certainly uh, both of us have spent uh, quite a substantial bit of money on R&D and um, they helped us design our current wind tunnel, put a wind tunnel in in 2012, they helped us design it. Mind you, they get a lot of use out of it, um, and they also help fund some of the some of the uh, expenses to that tunnel. So, um, you know, that was probably a few of them, you know, starting points of what makes us what it is today. And obviously, today we supply nine out of the ten F1 teams. Um, WRC, we supply all the WRC teams. Formula E, we su surprising enough people think they don't have radios, they do, a substantial radio. Yep. Um, so we supply all them. Uh, there's probably not many motorsport categories in the world that we don't have some association with, and uh, we are expensive. We're, we're, we're not shy getting away from that, but we have spent a a large amount of money on R&D and you know, Tony you've just had a bit of a look around the place and what have you and it just keeps getting bigger every year. Um, now we have a bit over 200 people here, we have 100 in America uh, at a company called CNR uh, which we purchased in 2015. So you know roughly you know we've got about probably 300 and 20-ish people around the world. Um, we're just opening up a, a new factory here uh, in a couple of weeks uh, for our micro matrix 
uh, cause and we're obviously not so much moving away from motorsport, but motorsport is a, a, a great driver into a lot of other categories and um, you know, like particularly aerospace and electronic cooling and military and so forth and uh, yeah, we're getting a, a reasonable foothold on some of those um, programs around the world. So. It's um, it's exciting. Uh, we've got a, we've got a, a CT scanner coming in here uh, December. We just ordered three uh, large 3D printers for printing aluminium, and uh, also a, a, another vacuum furnace that's uh, coming in. So yeah, there doesn't seem to be any stop. Um, the uh, challenge and excitement still there for us and you know the, the business is certainly out there if you want to have a go and uh, I think it's great and, uh, that we're probably running against the trend of, of manufacturing in Australia <laughs> that we export you know nearly 90% of our stuff is exported so I mean the reason for that success though is based you know fairly and squarely on the fact you've been innovative and research and spend money developing things. I mean, that, that's why you know you have all these different uh, um, core designs. Yes, uh, that too. But uh, also, uh, as uh, Roland Dane put it there um, uh, some time ago, that you know PWR was I won't say he didn't say fortunate, but PWR came into this space when there was very little people that could uh, deliver what we could and uh, now we've obviously improved that a lot it's made it very hard for other people to get into this area and yes we do spend a lot of money on, on R&D and that keeps not so much everybody away but the push for us is very much you know we, we have a joke internally here that we go to the race every day of the year so we race against the world yeah. Uh, we want to beat everybody in cooling I, I, what I, we do. You know? I, I subscribe to the Alan Moffat line, which he came out with many years ago. It says, you know, the funny thing is, the harder I work in the workshop, the, better, the, the luckier I get in the racetrack. Yeah, something. and, and, I, I, and it's very know, much the same principle yeah, I, here. Yeah. And you know, I think the other thing is, Tony, it's um, service, you know, and, and coming from the racing industry and what have you, and, and implementing that into our business of service. Uh, you know, people want stuff now and, and they're not prepared to wait. Warren, Warren told me, um, showing me around the place, told me that uh, one of the things that you had to sell in America with NASCAR was that you give us the drawings by Monday and we'll deliver the following Monday. Correct. That's yeah. an extraordinary thing to achieve. Yeah, and, and, and we stood by that. Before we had a branch over there, we were supplying over half the NASCAR field manufacturing 100% here in Australia and air freighting it um, to, uh, to um, uh, you know, Charlotte and uh, North Carolina uh, where the majority of the teams are and you know, we um, you know, had a very good success there and it goes you know, dealing with the right freight companies as well because we could send on a Friday here and then on Monday morning it would be in the race teams um, uh, shipping department so you know when you can get a service like that and as you say 
you know, we'd get a uh, drawing on Monday, ship Friday, they'd have it the following Monday. It's a week turnaround and um, it's a little bit different now because they've gone to a, uh, like a spec radiator, which, which we have. Um, so the, the, probably their engineering and the change isn't there, isn't there like it used to be. Um, <coughs> but um, yeah, but I, I, I think you know the, uh, the other motorsport categories around the world and, and like WRC and DTM and all those categories which we're heavily involved in. And a lot of that has <coughs> pushed, pushed into other areas of, of OE, particularly the niche are we we've done the uh, just trying to rattle my brain here of a correct date I'd say be probably 2010 I would say we we done the uh, Aston Martin 177 program yep. we done all the cooling for that uh, then in 2000 I'm gonna say 12 or 13 time flies um, we done the uh, Porsche 918 Spider program that was a thousand vehicles, yep. five tours. That was all all made here and and um, freighted directly into into Porsche in Germany. So <clears throat> those, those programs are, have, were very good to us. But now, yeah, now we, we supply Ford America. We got the what they would call the the relaunch of the GT40. I know you're not allowed to call it the GT4, but we know what we're talking about. Yeah. And then uh, the new car that's coming out now is the um, GT500 Mustang. We supply 100% of that, so that's 8,000 vehicles. And you know the Valkyrie uh, for uh, Aston and Red Bull car, um, the AMG X1, which is coming out later uh, or earlier next year, uh, etc. So we've got quite a few of those OE programs. <clears throat> slotted in uh, do still do quite a few small programs for uh, Porsche on uh, special builds that they do they've done the anniversary car uh, earlier this year which was 380 car sets of product and um, you know you look at companies like Conig's there we're, we're doing some stuff for them we're doing uh, Pagani, you know, in uh, well, Italy, that really high-end stuff. Yeah, really high-end stuff. Um, but that's just a, a, a really good follow-on, follow-on from motorsport that's been pushed into those areas. So, you know, yeah, a lot of people say to us, but oh, you only do, you know, you only do motorsport. No, that, that's not correct. We we do a lot of other areas. The ratio of split between performance and and racing. Yeah, it's probably. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe sixty forty yeah. uh, on sixty on the motorsport side, but that, that that'll level out a little bit more. We're obviously very heavily very heavily involved, or starting to be very heavily involved in aerospace and military, and particularly electronic cooling. And um, so we see that part of the business really expanding over the next and few they've years. they've got very different demands, both aerospace and, and military. Very different demands and packaging size. Uh, they want the least amount of air to do the best job. So, you know, the technology is really up there as far as IP is concerned. And, um, you know, I know that we're in a very good space there. And, uh, you know, some of the demands that we've been getting and and people we've spoken about, we just um, 
employed a special guy in America. He starts in a couple of weeks' time, and he is purely focused on military and aerospace. So, and he comes with a fairly comprehensive um, list of contacts and uh, and opportunities for us to do that. So, um, so that's why we're still expanding rapidly and, and spending money and having it, fun. It's a very giant voyage you've been on because you know it all started in the uh, very early 90s. Um, you know, we're back in Warrnambool and your prime business was not actually making radios, it was wrecking cars, wasn't it? Correct, yes. yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, no, and, and I think in life you see opportunities and, and what have you, but I think the, there's probably two or three things and several that I've spoken about, two or three things that sort of milestones or points or whatever and uh, one was obviously uh, uh, when the GSC came it was a fairly good kick in the backside for a lot of people including myself because we'd uh, um, you know we'd spent a lot of money on this building that which we're sitting in now and uh, so I had a, a fairly good shortfall there when the, when the building was finished and the bank revalued it and put the hand out for a, a fairly good sum of money and um, I guess I was maybe lucky enough that I had some houses in, up here and also in Melbourne. Had the, had no, the, sorry, it's not luck. Yeah, sorry. Well, it was good management. Maybe, right? maybe it was fortunate that I had them at that time. Oh. And um, so, you know, Paul and I decided to, you know, rent rent ourselves for uh, 12 months or a couple of years and and pay the bank. And but that's, that's what gave us the desire and the push for me to go to NASCAR, for Matthew and I to go to, you know, Cologne that, that turned up the F1 um, possibility and, and opportunity. Um, but I, I think the other, a few of the other things is that, um, you know, we floated our business in 2015. And um, we had 85 staff in 2015, and um, now obviously well over 300. But um, when we floated, we we offered all our employees a um, opportunity to buy shares, and 60 out of the 85 bought shares, wow. and and yeah. and those those 60 are still with us today, and. And obviously, out of the 200 we have here, I think we've got about 140, 150 that own shares. So, and, and that's a, a great thing. One, one for the people who have that opportunity, and two for us as as a company that to, to have have the people there with the passion to push that on. And you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, yeah, but you this and you that." And I keep saying to people, and I say it publicly as well, that it's, it's, this business is not about me. This business is about a group of people that have a passion, desire, and the right culture to do the best job. And um, you know, we are hard on ourselves, probably harder on ourselves more than anybody else. And um, you know, when you when you have that, and, you know, here we are sitting in our our uh, our lunchroom here, which we built from day one, and you know, we. Uh, we feed every employee here, uh, breakfast, morning, tea and lunch, uh, free of charge. But things like that, it uh, helps the culture yeah. of the place. And you know, you've just walked through the place and you can feel 
you can feel the culture. People caring for yeah, it. Yeah, people care and yeah, we're we're very uh, I guess detailed in cleanliness and what have you, you, know, you and, but I think that sort of sort of represents the product that we're doing and what have you. So it's more with keys after the break. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think it's a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as BS Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian Times since we've been back and we're unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Join in the conversation, post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Tony Delberto from Shell V-Power Racing. Welcome to Inside Supercars. One of the things, being being involved in in, the supply, particularly at the top end of things like Formula 1 through NASCAR and and IndyCar and so on, is that you know, they're high performance in many, many ways, not just the fact of getting the most out of a car, but also out of people. And that yeah. it, it's that that's important as you talk about sort of things. But also the way in which you used, I mean, looking at um, the technology, for instance, with the 3D machines, you're yeah. just looking around at things and, and seeing the way in which radiators, I mean, these weird shaped things that shouldn't be but are, um, yeah. not because someone's dropped them off a bed, they were made that way. And Yeah, and no, I think that's what, what it's all about is keeping up with technology, what and we're a great believer in supplying the customer what the customer wants and we, we call ourselves a solution provider and uh, although we have our ideas of, of what solutions we have for a particular customer you know, we try to work with that customer how, how, early, sure in, how early in the process for instance you know, do you get involved I mean I know for instance say NASCAR and IndyCar both virtually got control sort of uh, yeah, coolant systems correct, yeah but, you know, in something like F1, do, do you have an input at all into, you know, when they come to you and say, this is what we need to do, what we need to achieve? Because obviously having a wind tunnel where you test things, you can give them a very good feedback on stuff before they even test it. Yeah, it's probably two or threefold there. Is, you know, we get involved very early in the program and, you know, particularly talking about what, what we're now, we're near the end of October, coming off November, and yeah, you know, we've been working with you know the F the F one team for a couple of months now, probably since June, July for next year's car. And uh, and that and that sort of goes that, you know, their engineers will talk to our engineers and this is the space and these are our boundary layers of fluid inputs and air inputs and then they'll they'll bounce off each other against the engine guy and the aero guy, so they, they need a balance for that. And um, uh, the other good thing we have here, we have a, a CFD um, analyst guy who we uh, who have brought in. He's been with us for about six or seven months now. He comes from um, F1 from Sauber. And uh, his um, predictions on different cures is absolutely extraordinary of the you know, the, particularly the knowledge that he bought. Um, I know it costs us a, a reasonable amount on uh, hardware and software to get him set up, but um, whereas before we would just go and, when I say, I'll say this you know, sort of lightly, 
that we would manufacture something that we, we predict ourselves that we thought would be pretty close and, and we usually were because we had the wind tunnel to test and validate something pretty quickly uh, but this guy here, he, he's just on a different level and um, yeah, this guy is within half a degree and uh, it's just, so it makes that process a lot quicker and you know, when you can do a lot quicker, it's a lot cheaper for the team, etc, etc, and a lot better for us. So yeah, we get involved early, uh, very early in the question. And um, you know, they'd like to, they have a very solid validation program in most high-end sports categories and uh, they, you know, it, it's got to be right. So um, you know, we, don't, we don't want to fail and we don't want anybody else to fail, but um, you know, I think it's um, you know, just a, a different process that other people in business probably don't have and what have you. But that's, you know, that's the way we go and particularly the, you know, the, uh, the planning, planning the procedure that we take and we don't cut a corner. We cannot cut a corner and say, oh, we think this is going to be okay, sir. Put on your car. Right. Well, that doesn't happen. They, yeah. they won't put it on the car. They want to make sure it is absolutely correct. So, yeah. and like most categories now, that you know, testing is, is expensive and, and timely, and they're cutting down and all that sort of stuff. So that makes you know suppliers and people smarter, and you know, to buy smarter equipment for CFD and you know, analysing different things. So it's um, yeah, it brings everybody up a step, if you like. Yeah. Now, when I first visited your factory, it was down in Corumban, mm -hmm. back in the days of copper and aluminium. You had both of them manufactured correct, there. Correct, yeah. And you sold off the copper business to NatRAD? Yeah, correct. And and you had to stay out of the business for a short time, did you? Uh, yeah, no, well, we, we always uh, kept the PWR side, which is aluminium, yep. uh, what have you. So we, uh, we, we stayed down there at Corumban for a couple of years, and then we built this purpose-built this place here yeah. and we, we laughed about it and we certainly laugh about it now and um, you know we a few of the people that I was hiring back in then back in those days to, to start work here and you know they said well what are you actually doing now so, well we're manufacturing a plant um, with the right infrastructure to go after the rest of the world which is a big statement when you got the GFC tumbling over the over the horizon pretty quickly and whatever, and people would roll their eyes and say, oh, this guy's a bit of a bullshitter, or he's got a lot of faith in himself. And um, But anyway, it definitely worked, and, and, you know, long story short, you know, here we are, and it's been a, a pretty good deal for everybody. Yeah, indeed. Well, I greatly appreciate your time, Keys, and I'm sure your business is demanding you more than I am, so thank you very much for coming on Inside Supercars. At, uh, it's wonderful to see how much the place has developed and to see have a, a little picture into the, the windows of innovation that you've done and you know, it's just quite extraordinary uh, how, uh, how well the business has grown. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, Tony, and uh, yeah, we're, we're very open. We have a, an open door policy. I know we're, a lot of our senior guys are tight for time because we are pushed pretty hard and uh, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, when, when are you going to hang up the boots? Um, some days I think I should be hanging up, <laughs> up a bit quicker, but it's um, when you have the you know still the will and the energy to do it, you know, um, I'll be here for 
a couple of years yet. I think I, I've always known you as a determined Dutchman, you know. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Say that. Um, it's no surprise to see what you've got. I, I, I'm not going to dwell too much on it, but I understand that you've been recognised by either the Queensland Government or, you know, factions in various awards you've been given and, and mm. you know, Acknowledge the achievements of export and manufacturing. Yeah, no, we've had a, a very good recognition there, and you know, and it's all about employing people and, and, and doing Australia proud. And we're proud to manufacture here in Australia, and uh, you know, that's what we've built our business on. And you know, and employing people is a big thing here. And not that I want to employ more people, but I know for a fact we're going to. And um, yeah, I think within the next 12 months we'll be probably that 350 to 360 people worldwide. Well, it, it's extraordinary to think, I mean, I know maybe, maybe 10, certainly 15 years ago, if you'd said to somebody, he says, oh, yeah, there's going to be an aluminium uh, radio manufacturer in Queensland supplying uh, virtually all of F1 and NASCAR, oh, no, don't, you can't do that, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, yeah, no, it's, we still get that. We we still get a lot of people say, "Really, you supply all that from Queensland?" Yeah, and you know, it's we we do fly under the radar uh, a bit. We're not we're not out there belting our chest up and no. saying this or that, and you know, it's no different to you, you know, reaching out to us. Hey, have you got time for a ten minute chat or a bit of a walk around, what have you? And, you know, we do that. And, uh, we, we do that for. A, a, a reasonable amount of people, not too many. We're, we're not out there, as I say, you know, building our chest up and down. But you know, for the right people, we do it, and you know, because I think we get the right exposure in the right areas, and um, I think it's great for Queensland and great for Australia. There's an AFL coach um, who I long admired, John Kennedy, back in the right. 60s yeah, when I came I, to Melbourne, yeah. and um, he he was the one who initiated sort of the. Don't think, do. Well, I'd actually say about PWR is don't say, do. Yeah, yeah, I know. But, uh, yeah, no, John Kennedy, um, you know, Hawthorne, yes. you know, back in the day. And, you know, I, uh, I grew up in that area as well. We were so about the same age. Yes. Uh, Ron Barassi and those, yeah. those blokes. So, um, but, yeah, look, I, I still think it's, there's, there's, even today, uh, at my age, I, I still see a lot of opportunity out yeah. there and um, but but as I say to a lot of people it's not about me it's about PWR as a group of people yeah. loving to build the best part yeah. in the world yeah. the, the reason publicly listing I mean a normal one is to raise capital to do things was that the drive well no, not really Paul and I had a, a, a lot of money invested in, in PWR and you know it's like most uh, family-owned businesses that you, you put all your money in your business, you never really got any money to spend on yourself or, or do something else. And you know, I'm fairly heavily involved in uh, a couple of other programs, main, mainly rural, rural, some cattle place I've got, and some uh, citrus um, farms down in uh, Mildura. But um, you know, it was, it was more really to take a little bit of money off the table and and to be. Uh, a reasonable part of a big pie is probably better to be 100% of a small pie. So, um, you know, the uh, and, and the experience that of people that you, you can gather into a room by being publicly listed company. And, um, you know, we have, you know, we have people like Roland Dane on our board and, and people like that that have a, a wealth of knowledge, you know, throughout the world. And I, and I know a lot of people might say, you're 
yeah, he, he's that mongrel at, um, <laughs> at AAA, but, you know, yeah, when he came to town, he, he brought a, uh, a different degree of excellence to um, sure. uh, V8 supercars. And now, now you've got a, a, another step or a similar step with Roger Pensy coming on board. And I think it's fantastic for the series and, and for Australia that people see it as, as an opportunity to showcase their talent and, and desire to, to make something the best thing. So yeah. I, think, I think it's great. There was a magic moment at Bathurst on Saturday. I was very, it was almost like I was glad I went there just to be there for that. I mean, I started in 94. Right. And I remember being in... <laughs> Simmons Plain in Tasmania when there were about 12 cars there and, you know, right. you didn't have to worry about crowds at the track mm-hmm. or anything. But um, on Saturday at um, Bathurst when the, you know, Roland was there on the on the panel of uh, with Michael Andretti and Zach Brown and Ryan right. and, yeah. and Roger Penske and, and I just, I felt very proud to have seen the series grow to that importance and grow to that international crowd. It's fantastic. Absolutely spectacular. I was there on the Sunday and... Uh, uh, absolutely spectacular, and, and I, I, I've been nearly every year since about '77. Um, and um, when I was a, a, a young whippersnapper, and um, but yeah, to go there. And this year, we uh, I spent a lot of time on top of the mountain, and we walked, walked from one end of, to the other, and just stopped at different places to see the race and what have you. And, other years I've been involved in, in racing and sort of never get the chance to go up there during the race and yeah. it's um, you know still by a lot of other people's um, you know uh, whatever they say um, can't get the word but um, you know a lot of other people recognise the Bathurst as a spectacular race worldwide yeah. and until you really go and see it live like that and be in those areas where you can him, you know, come through the dipper and all that sort of stuff and across the top of the mountain, what have you, at that speed, hanging on, it, it is extraordinary and, and I think that's what makes the races what, what it is today. Indeed. Alright, well thank you very much. I'll uh, let PWR retain their captain and uh, get out of your hair. Thank you so much for your time. No worries. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. Next week, we find out more about supercars engines with a renowned engine builder, Craig Hasted. Until there's good night from me. And good night from him. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.